Welcome to the Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on 740 The Fan. Honey, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Forest Hills Resort, Moorhead Parks, Wildflower Golf Course, and Austin's Golf. Here it comes. seen anything like that now let's head to the first tee this guy's pretty good and here's your host jeff kolpak and we are off another edition of the golf show this is jeff kolpak on 740 the fan 107.3 fm 740 the fan.com is the address the show is podcasted on that website also inform.com you can find me too on saturdays or anytime Later in the show, Jeff Reddig, he is a guy who golfed all public school, all public courses, all the holes in the public courses in one day, 63 holes in one day, did a marathon. He's going to come and and talk about his day later in the show. But first and foremost, a very special guest, uh, very happy to have Tanika Sandiford on the show. She is Amy Olson's caddy. And has been now for, I don't know, a few years, two, three years uh, with, with Amy. They make quite the team. And she comes live and direct from Bahamas, her home country. Good morning, Tanika. How are you doing? How you doing? All is well. All is well. You're off this week. You and Amy are off. Uh, what do you do with yourself in an off week? Uh, in an off week, I chill in the Bahamas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, chill at, chill at home in the Bahamas. Well, I want to start with you and Amy and how you really uh, became a team. And it was really an interesting story. I think that listeners would will enjoy that. Uh, you met at uh, the Pure Silk Bahamas Classic, I believe. It was in 2016. Amy had been going with some uh, temporary caddies or, or course caddies. And you guys just had to be paired up. And I'll let you take it from there, Tanika, how you guys hit it off. Yeah, I think it would have been 2017. Was it? Okay. Um, yeah, I was coaching, and my, my boss actually let me take two weeks off so I could stay in the Bahamas a little longer. And I just got an email, I think, like midnight, the night before, like Sunday night, mm-hmm. asking if I was willing to caddy for for this player, Amy. I think she was Amy Anderson at the time. And I'm like, sure. So I showed up at the golf course at 8 a.m., and we just we just hit it off. I had no clue, you know, who she was. Um, I just knew she was from North Dakota. And then when we got to the first tee on Thursday, heard that she won 20 collegiate events. And I'm like, oh, wow, like that put a little extra pressure on me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, this girl can play golf, so I have to, you know, do, do some good stuff. Um, but like I say, with our faith, that's the main thing that like really connected us. And I... I mean, even to this day, like I, I smile no matter, no matter what. So she didn't feel any, any added pressure, whether she was playing good or playing bad. So that's how it started. And I was in Oklahoma. So kind of like two, three months later, she was like, Hey, do you think you can get another week off to come down to Texas? (laughs) And my boss was nice enough again (laughs) to let me have a week off. And I went down to Texas to caddy for her um, in Dallas. And then I think I caddied after the season. I mean, after the collegiate season for about two time, two or three more times that summer. Mm-hmm. And then 
the season ended in 17 and then coming to 18, it started in the Bahamas and she sent me a text again. I was like, Hey, do you want to like do this like part-time, like 15 events? And I'm like, let's do it. Nice. So and you, then it's been you, full. you put your coaching career on hold in favor of catting. And I think, cause you want to see the world, correct? Well, it wasn't really put it on hold. It's like the collegiate season. It really, it ends in, it ends in May. Mm-hmm. So, and I was just an assistant coach. So I actually was gonna, probably come back to the Bahamas. It was just something I wanted to do for like a year. And then this thing just caddying just fell into my lap. So it kind of like worked perfectly. (laughs) What's it like caddying for Amy? What do you two like on the course? Is it all business or is there a combination? Do you need to tell her to chill out once in a while? Or how do you guys uh, pair up on the course together? Um, on the course, it's we're we're both just really laid back. I mean, like I said, I have a really good six times we could play eighteen holes, and literally the only words we say are numbers mm-hmm. for like the shot, and that's it. And then sometimes we're walking down the fairway, just talking about life. You know, talking about obviously football, North Dakota, how cold it is, <laughs> or you know the Bahamas, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, but when we're when we're on the course. Literally, business is just when we're trying to get the number. So probably a minute, maybe a minute and a half before she hits the shot. That's business. But outside of that, it's like we're we're literally, you know, talking about God. Or we're talking about our lives, our families, homes, or not talking at all. So it just every day is every day is a different day. And I I'm really good at like judging on when she needs me to talk or when she needs me not to say anything. Yeah, so is that a feel factor? It's like, okay, I just she'd let her be by herself for a while. Yeah, I mean, it's just something that, like I say, I just, I mean, and that's the thing that I think kept, like, made her, like, super interested in me from the beginning was I just, I wasn't, I didn't talk too much, and I didn't talk, like, too little. It was like I was literally, like, perfect, and I, I, did, I could see it in her face, exactly mm-hmm. what she needs, when she needs it. Same thing, like, hey, I know exactly when she needs a snack or when she needs water. So it's just things like that that I think God blessed me with that talent that I can see exactly what people need. So it it actually works perfectly because Amy really doesn't say like what she needs or she won't remember. So something as simple as saying me saying, oh, she really hasn't drank in two holes. Like I need to give her water. And she's like, oh, yeah, way to go. Thank you. You know, so just things like that. Tanika Sandiford is a caddy for Amy Olson, joins us on the golf show. This is Jeff Kopak on 107.3 FM and 740 The Fan AM. Do you ever, Tanika, get to the 18th hole, you're just exhausted carrying the, I mean, that's a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of times that you, you get exhausted. I mean, I remember even when we, um, at the U.S. Open this year in California, I was exhausted because that course was extremely hilly. And then the week before when we were in Vegas, that course is extremely hilly. But it's, I mean, you think of, of any professional athlete, any like in anything in life, like you don't ever stop, like when you can see the finish line. So you just get a burst of energy kind of coming down to the ending. And mm-hmm. I, I joke about it. Like I, I look at it, I'm like, hey, the best part about being done, yeah, we're going to practice afterwards, but <laughs> I'm already looking forward to my nap. Yeah. So the ending is actually the best part for me because then that's when I know the nap is closer. <laughs> right. When Amy is playing well, what is she like? When things are um, just clicking. And they've clicked a lot this is, year, by the way. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. She's actually, she's really the same whether she's playing well or not. So there there is, like I say, sometimes she's playing amazing. She's super quiet. Sometimes when she's playing bad, she's super quiet. So there is no real, like, you, you, you would not know based on how she looks, how she walks, when she is playing well or playing bad. I mean, obviously, you know, but you know with anyone, like, when you're just playing awful, like, you can see the frustration a little bit, but she holds it in really well. So there is, I, I can't point out anything she does mm-hmm. when she is playing great and anything she does when she isn't playing well. When you're on the on the tour and you, do you get to know other caddies i would imagine other players is it pretty tight out there do you get to know some players pretty well and some caddies uh, yeah i mean but usually like i say when you think about it like the rotation you have about 144 players and then 144 caddies each week and it's not the same but mm-hmm. you usually have like your usually have like your little click you can't be friends with obviously every single player and every single caddy you don't have enough time to hang out with every single player and every single caddy. So you eventually find like your little, you know, your 15 people that you just really enjoy being with. They have the same morals as you. So with that, I mean, I have, like saying that it's a good group where it's like maybe 15 players and 15 caddies that I, I kind of hang out with. I mean, obviously not every week, but it's like you have those go-to, but go-tos, but you're, your friends and you're cordial with everyone out on the golf course. And that that's the one thing I can say I do like, I do like about the LPGA tour is everyone, even though we are all competing against each other, we're, we all kind of wish the best for each other in the same sense. So it's not a, a Brooks Kepka kind of thing, rivalry. So it's, it's pretty, it's, but you're intense on the course, right? I mean, you want to win. Oh, of course you want to win. I mean, like I said, yes, you may have some people you may have that intense with, but for for the most part, what I have noticed is you once you're off the golf course, you could kind of you let it go. But yes, when you're on the golf course, it's you're you're trying to win. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, um, you gotta get but paid. During, yep. like, yeah, but it's even during the shots though. Is you can't you can't be. I mean, we're out there for five and a half hours you can't be completely focused on golf for five and a half hours or else you, you'll drain yourself. I mean, you're doing that for four days. So when you, you think about when you're walking down the fairway, you're paired up with three other players and three other caddies, you're, you're probably going to talk to them also. So you actually are talking and having conversations with your competition. Yeah. So that's, I think that's the different part about golf. I mean, other, other sports, you don't sit on the same bench as your opponent. But in golf, you're walking the same fairway as your opponent. So, just to to balance it out, you can't you can't be so focused on golf for five and a half hours, or else you you're gonna make a lot of mental mistakes doing that. So you have to be able to shut it on and shut it off. That's very well stated. Tanika Sandiford is the guest. She's the caddy for Amy Olson. This is Jeff Kopak. We're gonna take a break. Don't go anywhere. Tanika will be right back right after this. I saw you slam your club in anger. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show on 740 AM, The Fan. Tanika Sandiford is a guest. She's a caddy for Amy Olson. I'm guessing, Tanika, you don't see Amy slamming her club in disgust very often. No, not really. I mean, she doesn't really show emotions like that. I mean, it's like when I like when I know she's frustrated, like the thing that I see is she'll walk off the green and she'll just 
I looked at it as lightly rest of putter on the bag, but that's kind of the most frustration that I kind of see. But she doesn't slam the club, doesn't curse, doesn't really yell or anything. That's what I'm saying. When you see her on the course, you you don't know unless you see the leaderboard or look on your phone where where she's sitting. You don't know if she's in first or she's in last. Right. Right. I want to take you back to the U.S. Women's Open last December, and and we all know I did a story on this, and and it's been very publicly documented when Amy lost her father-in-law, Grant Olson's father, uh, during right before the last round of the U.S. Women's Open, and you were there for her. Not you're there for her on the course, but you were there certainly for her off the course and helped her through that final round. Take me back to when you first heard about. Grant's father passing away, and then how did you handle it from there? Um, I think pretty sure found about found out about it like when she came to the golf course. I think she might have sent me a text Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and we were warming up, and I was just in. I don't even I don't even know if we actually went to the golf course on Sunday. It was raining, right? Yeah. I just I just remember like either it was Sunday or Monday. Like I knew Grant wasn't there, and. I was just looking around, making sure like no one came and bombarded her with like media. And I had people actually texting me from the media because I didn't want her to see anyone. I wanted her to literally focus on on 18 holes. Like I couldn't, I couldn't imagine this is the biggest event of the year. Like you have all this pressure with trying to win, and then you get this bad news. And like no one else, none of her family was there at the moment. So. My my whole goal was literally to protect her, and mm-hmm. that day my goal was literally to make sure she completed 18 holes. Like I didn't care how well she played, how bad how bad she played. I just wanted her to fight through it and and finish 18 holes. And mission accomplished. Yes, for sure. I mean, she started off she started off pretty rough, and then just just started, you know, making some birdies and just started making a charge. I mean, she played she played remarkable and it just shows, like I say, her strength, you know, mentally and also how good she is of, of a golfer. Um so that was that was a day that it opened my eyes that how mentally tough she truly is. And like I said, after after I remember like after the round, like we were on the eighteenth hole and I mean, yes, I know the cameras are there, but I just had to give her a hug, give her a short prayer, and just let her know that I was proud that, you know, she fought through when she finished. Like, I didn't care where she stood. I was just, I just wanted her to know that I was extremely proud of her. And then she did interviews, and I was standing right there. I mean, she could see me. And then when, after all of that was done, we went to the, the car, and I prayed with her, and she was getting ready to get on the flight. And you wanted to take the flight with her, correct? Yeah, I mean, I, I even thought, like, I, I, I contemplated, like, I was going to get, like, just trip to go down and then come right back, like, not even leave the airport. And she's like, no, Tanika, like, I'll be fine. Because I just, I, I couldn't imagine, like, especially obviously now after the result is, yes, she finished second, which is great. But, I mean, obviously we all want to win. Yep. So you finish second, and then you have to fly back home thinking, about all of these things like you're thinking i mean yes you're happy about second place but obviously you want first so that may have been a little bit of a disappointment but then you're going into a place where you're like man my my father-in-law he he like that then then life actually comes like the real life comes into play because after that golf was done so mm-hmm. i just wanted to be there like mentally and physically to support her and it i, I didn't want her to make that flight on her own 
And she was like, Tanika, I'll be fine. But I like texted her throughout the whole time. And (laughs) just, I mean, I I just wanted to make sure like she, she was okay. Yep. That's very cool. You both have plans to retire about the same time. Is that still, uh, you know, you still thinking about that? Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I, Amy and I haven't talked about it, but I think, I think that's kind of about the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, because she, she wants to start a family. I want to do the same thing. I, I want to come back. I want to come back to the Bahamas. You know, uh, my parents own a preschool. I want to run the preschool and I want to open up a, a elementary school with state-of-the-art sporting facilities. So caddying is something that I love. I mean, obviously I love working with Amy. That's not, I don't see it as being my, career for the rest of my life i want to come back to the bahamas and i want to take what i've learned on tour the people that i've seen and show the bahamas a different light that you can be from a small island of the bahamas and be on the biggest um, stage especially when it comes to golf because it's not it's not big here in the bahamas so Mm -hmm. that's i just want to show kids like anything you want to do like you can do it and we're not talking a couple of years i mean it's whenever i i think is what amy terms it i mean she's yeah, not going mean, to she's not going to golf into her 50s but you know at some point yeah at some point i mean i i mean obviously in a perfect world we will we will retire together yeah. <laughs> in a perfect world mm-hmm. um but there there's no 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 date no timeline i mean it's kind of it's i'm probably going to be more of a you know when you know and i i'm probably going to more or less retire with her i'll be, i mean i i'll probably I think I'll be ready to retire before she's ready to retire, yeah. but I'll 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 stick I'll stick it out until she retires. <laughs> when are you going to come to Fargo and go to a North Dakota State football game? I'm you probably have access to some tickets. I'm just throwing a, you know out on a whim there, but um, oh no, we've we have we have talked about it. Yeah. Amy has offered it. Um, Why don't you come in January? Come on, make it a real adventure. <laughs> I'm not going to mm-hmm. deal with minus 50 degree weather. Luckily, yep. the only good thing, the, the best part about it is you guys, the Fargo plays in a dome. So I yep. won't have to be freezing. Watching no, you won't. No, so you that, won't. that is a, that is a selling feature. So that I might, I may be up there. <laughs> What's your relationship with Grant Olson? And uh, when he comes and watches Amy play, is he back in the, in, in the woods or is he walking alongside? What's he like uh, watching his wife play? Oh, well, I mean, obviously when we're on the course, I can't really see him. Yeah. Um, and obviously you don't really focus on the outside. Um, but it's funny, like he, cause I obviously being inside the ropes, like I hand, you know, if her parents are out there, I hand water and stuff, but grand super like independent. Like every time I look over to offer him water, he already has one. I'm like, how'd this guy get a water? <laughs> um, but he, he loves, he loves watching her play in even, like when she's on the range practicing, like he'll he'll be there, but he'll he'll be reading his book and stuff like that. So he he's really he's like super chill. He's down. He's down for everything. But he he loves he loves being out there. Obviously with football, he doesn't get much time mm-hmm. um, to be out there. But he he loves watching and 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 he loves supporting her. Uh, before I let you go, you made it public of your uh, MS and your and your dealings with that. How's it going? Um. I feel, honestly, I feel great. I actually just changed my treatment right before uh, the Las Vegas event. So now I actually get an infusion. Mm-hmm. So I get that now. Uh, I'll get that every every six months. Um, I didn't don't really have any side effects from that. So, I mean, I thank God for that. Um, we'll see. We'll see how the MRI looks 
in February of next year and see if it's getting better, staying the same or getting worse. But I honestly, I feel, I feel the exact same. I feel perfectly fine. And I'm still able to carry a 45 pound golf bag and walk 10 miles a day on the golf course. So all, all is well with me. That's awesome. That's great to hear. And, um, you know, just, uh, uh continue prayers on that. That's, that's, uh, that's awesome stuff. Uh, before I let you yes, go, thank you so much. uh, we need to win a tournament here, don't we? Yes, sir. Yeah. We're, we're, we're working on it. <laughs> I promise you that we're both, we're both working on it. When the time comes, when the time comes, we'll get it. We're not, we're not pushing for that. We're literally. It's, it's just got to happen. Yeah. It's, it's a grind. Yeah, it's a grind out there. You got great players, and Amy's also a great one. Also, so it's seventy-two holes. So you just we're we're going to continue to do our best, and we do that every single week. And one of these days, we'll we'll walk off with a trophy. Tanika, thanks so much for joining the golf show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having. Me. Thanks. That's Tanika Sandiford, Amy Olson's caddy. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the golf show on seven forty. The fan. Stay tuned. After break, we're going to talk about a golf marathon. That's good stuff. Be right back. Don't look at that brook with your sweet book. You ain't gone in there. I put money on it, but honey, hold it. There's something in the air. That invisible string, that thing that pulls the straight ball. This is the golf show on 740 The Fan and 107.3. FM 740thefan.com is the web address. Thanks again for Tanika Sandiford for joining us in the first half of the show. Amy's caddy, uh, she's got a good one. And that, they make quite a pair and quite a team. And um, I just can't say enough for how they both complement each other in, in the game of golf and, and, and their lifestyles, too. So it's really cool. Speaking of lifestyle, our next guest uh, decided to make a, a day of, of golf, so to speak. And a long day of golf. Jeff Reddig is a what are you, Jeff? You're you're a marketing guy. I work at uh, U.S. Bank. You uh, okay. Credit card disputes and fraud there. So yeah. Okay, but the reason you're on your show today is because I saw on Twitter that you posted that you're going to do a marathon of golf, meaning on all five public courses, you're going to play every hole in one day. Yes. And. First of all, how did this come about? Give me, a, were you having a drink one day and said, let's do this? <laughs> well, I, I've been playing Fargo courses since I've lived here, you know, 25 years ago. And I've been, you know, mm-hmm. last few years I've gotten the, the five for one pass to get all the all the courses. So I play all the courses mm-hmm. in town. So I just figured, man, would it be fun to play every course in one day? Yeah. And, you know, you got to kind of work around, you know, when the, the daylight is, is uh you know, yeah, at a good time June twentieth yep. is there's twenty seconds the longest day. Yeah. yeah, so there was plenty. Of, choose a day. There's plenty of daylight, and uh, choose a day where the weather's going to be kind, and uh, mm-hmm. hopefully get them all in without you know tiring myself and killing myself. Yeah, and I, and I did. So, so for those, <laughs> um, this is the far fifth largest AM signal in the country. So not everybody's familiar with Fargo Golf, but you have Rose Creek and Edgewood are the two eighteen hole courses. You have Osgood and Southwest Fargo, which is a nine hole course. You could have added the three, I think. Uh, you know, I thought said, about it. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't today. have time to yep. add that in there, but yeah. And then you have El Zago, the par three course on North Fargo, and then Prairie Wood, the par executive course, I guess it's called, in, in South Fargo. So routing the courses, where did you? Where was the starting point here? Uh, I started up up north at Edgewood. Uh, I wanted to get one of the eighteen hole courses done early. I uh, teed off at six fifty in the morning. Yep. Uh, I was by myself. Took a cart, so I knew I'd be cruising. I was. Uh, 
you know, the, the lawnmowers were the only lawnmowers mowing the greens were really the only thing holding me up on that one. Actually, on the 18th hole, the guy cutting the cutting the new cup for the day was uh, was just finishing up cutting the hole. And he, hey, did you go, hey, buddy, I got a I got a marathon to do here. Yeah, Come right. On, he's he's probably looking back at me like, what is this guy doing yeah, here? Already golfing, but, ants uh, in the pants playing yeah, golf. Yeah, yeah. He could have moved the cup a couple inches to the right would have helped me out on that hole, but. Uh, <laughs> No, it was good. So I started there, then uh, hopped down to El Zagel. El Zagel's pretty quick, and golfed mm-hmm. that one fairly fairly short. Uh, kept moving south to Prairiewood, Osgood, and then uh, finished her up at uh, what, I, what I would call my home course at Rose Creek. Rose I played Creek. Men, men's league there, and I play there the most, so I uh, finished it up there. So I got the sense that El Zago in your tweets, you haven't, you, know, you didn't play the new El Zago. No, I have not played that in, in years, and it, it, it's in great shape. I mean, those, mm-hmm. the, it used to just be, I just used to thought it was just a little dinky kids course, but man, the, the greens are in great shape there. It's a great course to, uh, I mean, obviously it's great for kids to play because they're all short par yep. threes, but man, if you want to just grab a few wedges and, you know, work on your short game, it's a, it's a fun little course. Oh, it's fabulous. El, El Zago was renovated, oh man, I, I'm so bad at time, I want to say three, four years ago as part of the flood diversion or flood mitigation project. And it was a great deal by the Fargo Park District and, and in conjunction with um, local government in that they wanted to build a, a, a concrete flood wall around the course. Right. And and they made a deal, said, well, how about if we make a, a earthen levy and we'll make that levy as part of the renovation and, and it'll be cheaper for, for, the, uh, for the flood mitigation project? And it was a win-win for both. Your sense, when you go to... You played the old El Zago, and, mm-hmm. and this is it's almost the same, but it's not. Right. I feel like it's just an upgraded version, especially the greens. Yeah, it's definitely an upgrade. I was shocked, uh, you know, not that it was a you know horrible track to play, you know, before, but man, the, the greens there are as nice as any greens in yep. town for sure. Yeah, but, they, and they took out the par four along right? Elm Street because people were, were putting, putting the drivers onto the street. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so hooking into cars. Now it's yep. separate. It's, it's a par twenty-seven and, and good course. Prairiewood now the executive course gets a little lost in the shuffle I think mm-hmm. with, with with the Oz especially with Osgood being built in Southwest Fargo. What did you sense of? Uh, I haven't played Prairiewood in a while. Is it grown up fine? What's the shape of it? It's it's in great shape. I mean, yep. it's always been a, a great course. Another another course you can play fairly fairly quick. I mean, even to walk that course is pretty quick to play. I mean, you mm-hmm. can play it an hour and a half if you want. It's even with a full group of four, a foursome, you could play it in like an hour and a half. I played a threesome and we played it in like an hour and 40 minutes. So, I mean, it was, uh, it was pretty quick to play. And yeah, that course, that course also is in, is in great shape. It's a great little, great little, you know, right. nine hole course to get around on. Jeff Reddick is the guest on the golf show. This is Jeff Kopak on 740 AM. The fan coming to you from KRK Marine and Power Sports Studios. The show as always presented by Michelob Ultra. Did you play alone? I played alone on uh, the first run at uh, Edgewood. at Edgewood, and then at at, at uh, El Zagel, I played by myself. Uh, the other ones, you know, getting tee times, I'll you know, I just could get a tee time for myself, and then they'll just pair other people with me. So I I played with other people. So every every time I was paired with people from you know Prairie with El Zagel, Rose Creek, I, I you know I told the starters, I told the people mm-hmm. I was playing with what I was doing, like oh wow, that's pretty cool, that's that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> the um and so you had to time it out where you say okay I got I'm estimating yeah. this course and that must have been some back and forth it's, there it's uh it was, it, yeah, I kind of had to time out to make sure I had enough time to get from one place to another. You know, I yep. played Edgewood a little quicker than I than I did, so I was able to, you know, move up my tee times a little bit. But, it, you know, sometimes it's hard to, to book those tee times. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I spaced it out enough to where I have enough time to golf and drive and, you know, get some food and fluids in me to keep hydrated. And it was hot. Wasn't it hot that day? 
Yeah, it got hot in the afternoon at uh, at Osgood. I uh, I walked the three nine hole courses and carted the the eighteen hole courses. I man, I did you walk Osgood? I, in hindsight, I should have taken a cart there. I should, but yeah, yeah, I did walk that one. That's when it was it was hot. That was the heat of the day. So uh, sixty three holes, sixty three holes, sixty three three holes. And, and I'm sure people have done it, but I, I haven't heard of it. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't either. <laughs> you know, so that's kind of a, you know, sort of a your own Guinness Book of World Records kind of thing. Did you at one point ever get off kilter, off time and going, oh, man, I'm I'm, I'm off schedule here? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I had uh, the, the closest amount of time I had was, you know, half an hour between tea times. I had, you know, the, the, you know, I'd be at least an hour out on, on most of them I had between mm-hmm. between uh, when I got done in my next tea time. So it, it was never really in danger that I was going to miss a tea time or, or not get done. But uh other than the weather, at the end of the day, it got a little uh, dicey. The storms, uh, yeah, I saw, I saw that coming in. It was coming in, and they kind of just it rained a couple on a couple holes. Um, not too bad. It, it quit. I mean, I saw lightning in the distance, and then the whole time I'm thinking, "Do not blow that horn. Don't blow that horn. I don't want to come in and have to wait." Uh, but they never did. Uh, kept going. The sun came out, and it was uh, finished up. Did you ever talk to anybody during the day? You run into people and going, yeah, I'm playing all 63 holes of the I public did, courses. I did, yeah, along with the other people I played with. And uh, I saw some buddies of mine when I got to Rose Creek and, and from my final round, I'm like, you're, you're crazy. Were they doubt- Were there doubters when you were planning this going, oh, you're nuts, no way. Uh, it was, I, when I would told people about it, they're like, are, are you kidding me? Yeah. Why, why would you want to do that? Your, your arms are going to fall off by the, time you're, uh, by the time you're done swinging that many times. Like, ah, that's true. But no, I, I made it. It was good. It was fun. Rose Creek, you get there. First hole, tired? Uh, yeah, I was a little tired going down that because because you know after after the heat of Osgood, I was a little uh, little fatigued there. But you know, I was uh, I got it back. I mean, I, I was pretty good. I thought I'd be really tired by the end of the day, but man, by the uh, by the end of the round on back nine on Rose Creek, I was hitting my best drives of the day. I actually shot the best round, tied tied my the best round I ever shot, eighteen holes at seventy eight. On on my final round of the day, like you think I'd be shooting like the like, best round of the year, or best round I've ever shot ever in my life. In your life, in my life, shot on the you know finish up on the sixty third hole. Like that's unbelievable. Like I thought I'd be shooting like you know double bogey golf coming in, but no, shot shot really well that day. After forty five holes, you yeah. tee up and and you shot your best round. Yeah, that's Unbe- crazy, unbelievable. Yeah, it what's was crazy. that? You know what does that tell you? It, it tells me that we overswing sometimes and <laughs> and maybe just let the club do the talking. Yeah, you know, definitely mentally had to tell myself, all right, you got a long day ahead of yourself. You know, don't uh, don't go crazy. Don't uh, try to kill the ball. Just you know, take your time, pause it out. So yeah, I mean, good lesson to have to like do that when you're even playing nine holes. Just kind of. Calm yourself down to swing. What'd you shoot at Edgewood? I want to compare here. So you, you get an Edgewood, you probably, you know, just. Uh, let me see. I got my scorecards with yeah, me. Yeah, let me see. What'd you, what'd you score here? Edgewood, I shot a, uh, Edgewood, I shot an 83 at Edgewood. 83. So not Ed- a bad score there, too. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, El Zagel. Man, I, I was tearing up El Zagel. I, I was off the green on the first hole and then shipped it within a foot. But then every hole after that, I put it, I put it on the green. Miss you, a few you put putted, out every time. Put out every time. Two putt. Yep. Even even par on that course. Which yeah, it wasn't. I'm in a hurry. This is good. No, it was. Yep. I was just hitting simple yep. shots and even par. Uh, let's see. Prairie Wood went uh, three over there. Mm-hmm. Not too shabby. Osgood uh, seven over. That's good. I, what do you think about Osgood? Compare Osgood to the other courses. Osgood's really great because you know they built that course on basically farmland where it was mm-hmm. flat farmland. They didn't want to build a flat course, so they they there's undulating fairways and the greens are very hilly and undulating. You got to hit side hill lies, 
there's fescue to deal with. I mean, there's uh, the greens are really really challenging to putt on. It's a it's definitely a fun course uh, to play on. For no, sure. that's that's always been crowded in recent years. Did you run into some some delays along the way where people slowed you down? That was definitely the busiest of the of the courses. Yeah, I think because one it's the middle of the day and one it's uh you know yep. that part of town that's the course to play down there. I mean, it, but yeah, that it didn't slow me down. It was playing normal pace, but okay. it, it was definitely the one. It was playing, you know, the normal pace on a Sunday. So, nice so when you play this Sunday out, you, 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 I'm sure you had to research normal pace of play, right? Or what? How many hours did you give the 18 hole court? Well, you didn't care about Rose Creek, but Edgewood, you thought you could play it in how long? Well, I gave myself. I knew I could get out there and play. I, I figured I might be playing by myself there. You know that I, you know, and, and the group ahead of me let me play. There was a force one from me. Like, so you first go ahead and play. Yep. So I burst yep. out of there and I played through only a couple groups. It was early in the morning. I blasted that, and you know, a couple hours I played that yep. one. And, um, but then the other ones were pretty pretty close to the pace pace of play. Um, like I said, El Zagel's pretty quick to to, bur- to burn through in less than an hour if you're by yourself. Um, but the pace of play was pretty much you know about average uh, for the rest of the course. I still can't so. get over you shot your best round of your life. Yeah, after. I, I can't believe it. <laughs> That's great. And that was despite and, and with that I shot it, I had a double bogey on the last hole. And I still shot that seventy. Like, man, well, I'm sure you're an eighteen going on. Oh, I, I was calculating. Oh, yeah. I knew. I I you knew was, your score. I knew my score. I knew what I had to shoot, and I uh, you know hit a couple couple bad chips there, but not too bad. So yeah, in a fourteen hour span is what it took me mm-hmm. to play, and it I played ten and a half hours of golf in that fourteen hour span. Wow, so that's great. <laughs> Jeff Reddick is a guest. He this is a guy. He did all sixty three holes of Fargo Public Schools in one day. Um, What's your Twitter account? You you, you documented on tw- in your Twitter. Uh yeah, it's at at Jeff. What is it? At yeah. Jeff underscore Reddick, I think. It yeah, is. Some- <laughs> I don't even know. I don't tweet that often, but it was really it was kind of cool that the Fargo Parks was actually uh, retweeting. They were doing my, that too. They yeah, were I did a couple <laughs> retweeting my progress. Going, oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah, you did as well. You commented on it as well. This, um, is, this is a golf show. You know, we'll get that. We'll get to that after the after the break. This is a golf show on Seven Forty The Fan. This is Jeff Kopak. We'll be back right after this. The golf show on 740 The Fan. This is Jeff Kopak rolls on. Jeff Reddig is a guest. Played all 63 holes in one day of Fargo Public Fargo Park District uh, golf courses. All 63 holes. I got a. Uh, I, I did a little fun thing, and and maybe and I want to do 18 holes, but for the sake of time and and uh, because it's a a golf show, I did my favorite nine holes as a par 36 of the Fargo Publix. Okay. So no, hole number one, I wanted a par four, and I picked number two at Edgewood, which is uh, I, I think it's it's a straight up good starting hole. You got the, the hills on the back area, water on the right, good bunker, good starting hole. You remember that hole? Yep. Oh yeah. Okay, number two, uh, a, a par four. I like number five at Edgewood, which is kind of a, a almost a funnel down the middle, mm-hmm. which which is really cool. And I think it'd be cool the, the two best par threes. Would you say of the Fargo, Fargo Public if you were to play them? Best par threes. Uh, well, I'm impartial. I'm a little little biased towards one of them. Number nine at Osgood. Uh, Ten years ago, I got a hole in one in that hole, so I'm gonna have to say that one. Yeah. Um, that's definitely definitely in there. Um, I like boy. If I had to pick, I like number thirteen at Rose Creek. 
Uh, yeah. You, you I, got yeah, the coolie yep, in the back. Abs- absolutely. Thir- yeah. 13 at Rose Creek is a good one. I birdied that hole. Yeah, uh, on your, on your on marathon. So, yeah, that, yep. that's definitely a fun That's course. a hard green, by the way. It's hard to hit. I mean, depending on what the wind's doing, it's, you know, it's, there's, you got to go downhill on that thing, and you don't want to, you don't want to miss left on there, and you'd be gone in the weeds. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenging hole, but bunker in front, but, uh, I'd agree with that one, too. 13 at Rose Creek is definitely up there. And the other par three I took was number three at Edgewood. Again, that's where I got my hole-in-one, a little partial (laughs) to that. But it's a new renovated hole with trees on the left, water on the right, and some undulation there. I think it's just it's almost a signature hole. Yeah, that's downhill as well on that one. That one's definitely a good one, too. Par five, I think it's pretty easy to pick, isn't it? You being a Rose Creek guy, par five. Uh, oh yeah, number, uh, number three. Number three. Yep. Uh, you know, it's a love hate relationship yeah. with that hole for I think a lot of people. <laughs> right. I, I always tell people when I golf the course, man, if you can if you can pick the ball out of the hole, the same ball you put on the tee, you might get a good score on that hole because that that hole's there's water in every shot on that hole. But yeah, that's a beautiful. Hole. Well, it's a hole that requires some intelligence because, and especially for the long hitter, if you can hit it pretty long and left, uh, you know, if you can keep it between the the two water bodies of water. The approach, though, is I, I think the water in the back gets lost in the shuffle. Yeah. You forget about it. And you think, okay, I'm by these two bodies of water. And you forget about it. if you go along, oh, man, there's another, there's that water that protects the par three in the following hole. Yep, for sure. I mean, I, I'm I'm uh, fortunate maybe enough that I, I never have to worry about going for that green and two. So I, I never have to bomb it up there. But uh, yeah, if you if you don't remember that water up there, you you can uh, you got I mean you got to hit a long iron or you know or a wood to get that get in there. So it's coming down pretty fast. So it's gonna you got to land that pretty stick that one pretty quick there. Right. So. And a couple other par fours that come to mind. Um, number seventeen at Rose Creek. And again, yep. I, I think that that takes some intelligence to play that, especially if you're a long hitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it narrows as as the fairway goes along, and especially with the water way up on the left, and then you got a bunker to the right. So be careful to take out the driver. Yeah, long hitter, long hitters kind of have to. Uh, even with the you know with the wind, you can hit that bunker straight ahead. You kind of don't want it. You know, long hitters won't even probably won't even hit driver on that hole just because. Yeah, you do, you don't want to get too far up there. You'd be in trouble water left, or you'd be in trouble bunker straight ahead. Yep, and the other thing I like about number seventeen at Rose Creek is it's almost like buying a house. There's an aesthetic value to it in that when you're driving off University. The first thing you see is this pretty cool hole with water around it. The green, you got a bunker, you got the clubhouse in the distance. To me, it's like a, it's a it's a front porch hole. Right, uh, totally I love agree. that. You pull up to that course and it's like uh, you know you always whenever you pull up to a, especially a course you've never played before even too you pull up to the course and like all right let's check this course out. So I think people who have never played it before and or just you know getting out there like ah here we go we're at the golf course sets you at peace a little bit. So it's definitely definitely good. good and I got good another par four uh, number seven at Osgood. Um, you got four bunkers around the green. Most are in the back, so that uh, protects from the back. Trees to the left, uh, but yeah, yeah. If you play it left, you're safe. Yep, I think. And but there's there's just challenges. You got fescue to the right, you know, for the slicer. Yeah, so, driving range on the right. Driver, yeah, that too. <laughs> and uh, I just I love something about that hole that uh, when you finish it, you go wow. Par, I'll take it. Right, exactly. I mean, your brain tells you to aim at the hole, but you really should aim. But you're you, right. You gotta it, aim it takes intelligence. Left. Yeah, you got to aim way left to, to stick it in that fairway. And then it's, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a fun hole. What is it about Rose Creek, uh, if that's your home course, that really stands out that it's really grown up to me over time? I yeah. remember playing it when it first started. They, and again, they went through a renovation with, uh, with Garrett Gill and incorporating the levees into the course, which is a thing, a genius. For somebody playing it for the first time, probably don't know and understand that those 
hills on the back are actually levees. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's and that's a that's a good design. Yeah, I mean they took out a lot of trees when they uh, put those in a few years ago, and uh, definitely made the holes a little a little easier, a little better. I mean. I, I like Rose. I mean, I like Edgewood too. Edgewood's a great course because I mean, Edgewood. Especially, I tweeted this too when I played it. Edgewood early in the morning, uh, is, is, I think, is the is the best place to play just because it's it's just it's picture perfect. Uh, Rose Creek is great because mm-hmm. you know there's lots of trees, and now you know from when they built it, from you know even from five ten years ago, the trees have grown up. It's it's getting more of a more mature course. Uh, but you know, it's still it's still open enough to where your your average golfer, you know, I, I would consider myself an average golfer. You can kind of you can be a little wayward and still be okay. I mean, you're, if you you're wayward at uh, over like at Edgewood, you're punching out and you're hoping to you know get bogey. Okay, uh, Rose Creek, you can kind of yep. go go off the beaten path a little bit and still uh, still get back to the green. I got a new challenge for you. All right, before we leave here, here we go. How about the four 18 hole courses in Fargo and Osgood? So you start at Oxbow, Ooh. work your way up to Rose Creek, go over to Fargo, bust over to Osgood, and then up to Edgewood. Will that even be possible? 1836, 54. 18, yeah, what is that? It must be 72 holes, wouldn't it? 72. Or 60. It'd be 80. Ooh. 81. I don't know. Holes. I don't know. I was, uh, boy, I'd, that would be tough. You I mean, need help. Okay, you need yeah. help from people saying, okay, this is um, this is something we're doing. you got to let me play through. Right, right. You need like a police escort going through the holes, yeah. right? <laughs> and you'd have to take a, court, uh, yeah. a cart everywhere. Was there some guy who golfed like uh, 300 holes in a day a few weeks ago? Or is that right? Yeah, I don't think he really, you know, there's debate. There was all this debate online on whether he actually did. Because I think he only used a seven iron and then he, he busted through. So he, did he really play golf or did he, did he just run to every shot and hit Yeah, seven iron? that's almost running golf. Yeah, you know, so I don't know. Or you, you played real golf. I played real golf. I, uh, you know, sculpted every hole. I, I was playing normal time trying to, you know, I played golf. Yeah, for sure. So I want somebody out there, uh, send me an email or, or something. If anybody's done something similar to this or has aspirations, Trevor Peterson from the Forum and I, had this idea of doing something like that for charity. Now I can't remember if we incorpor- we were going to incorporate the two more courses with the three or something like that. But we timed it out, and we did this like five years ago. We haven't, you know, we haven't made good on it yet. But to do a, a charity thing where we're going to play, I think it was five courses all in one day, and we thought we could do it on June. We you have to yeah. start literally with, with the sun just peeking over, right. like five. Yeah, 15. you could start even earlier than I started for sure. Yeah, was the sun was up and everything. Oh yeah, because you had to wait for the course to open. Right. Yeah. As soon as seat time, uh, as soon as seat time, I could get out there was about six fifty. So I think you can get them at six thirty. But yeah. Well, congratulations. Yeah, that was fun. That was it, fun to follow you. It was fun. It was definitely fun to do. Whether or not I would do it again, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but it was definitely fun to do one time. Well, those I, are going in your man cave or whatever. Absolutely. Or we're gonna, we're gonna save these scorecards. Yeah. For, put them, you got to sure. put them together. And all absolutely. Jeff, yeah, it was definitely a fun time. Right. Congratulations. Jeff Reddick, 63 holes in one day of the Fargo Public Courses. That's good stuff. This is Jeff Kopak. Thanks again for Tanika Sandifer for joining us and for Jeff for explaining and, and telling us about his day. What a long day and great day that was and a memorable day. Until next week, hit them straight. Thanks for listening to The Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. seen anything like that presented to you by Michelob Ultra also brought to you by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses Forest Hills Moorhead Parks Wildflower Golf Course and Austeds Golf join us next Saturday from 10 to 11 a.m. for another edition of the Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on the fan